Welcome to episode 84 of Off Beat Tracks. Good year. Hello, Danielle. How are you today? Great. How are you? Fantastical. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, we are talking about a lady who got famous thanks to a Coke commercial. Yes. Mm, Yes. Lots of people were getting famous uh, and doing Coke in the 80s. (laughs) This lady got famous (laughs) drinking Coke in a commercial, maybe. I think, well... eh. Never mind. So I won't make that joke. We're talking about we're talking about <laughs> Robin Beck today. Robin uh, is from Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. born nineteen fifty four. Um, she apparently left her home when she was young and ran off to Daytona Beach to try to make it in the industry. Sounds like um, it. and ended up getting a touring gig at seventeen with a group called Deep South, and they she did a whole U.S. tour with them. Ended up in Detroit for a while, and eventually got back to New York City, and then landed a record deal. Pretty cool. So she's uh, about 25 years old at this time, and this led to her uh, her uh, 1979 album, Sweet Talk. I tell you what, it's a jam. Yeah. It's my favorite of the Robin Beck of all the things we're talking about, her little disco foray. I c- Quite I, good. I could have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll throw a little clip right here of, of Sweet Talk. You can turn the sun out from the clouds with your sweet talk. Not at all representative of what comes later. Definitely but, not at all representative um, of what comes uh, later for Robin Beck. But and apparently, like this album is was I don't know if it's still sought after by collectors because I found some copies decently cheap. I went and looked. I thought, well, but you know, like with um, when we did the Andrea True show, her third record is like worth hundreds yeah. of dollars if because it was only released in it in uh, Italy. I don't think Robin Beck's is nearly that rare, but uh, people still there's there's a collector community for it apparently. Um, Fast forward 10 years, it was 10 years before Robin Beck's next record would come out, and her big break uh, came thanks to her song, First Time, being used in a Coca-Cola commercial. Yes. Uh, so, let's talk about First Time. Um, to it say this sounds was, like a commercial. It does. It doesn't sound like a real song. It, I, it, I agree. But it was also written for the commercial, so it was written to be a commercial. Right, but it's weird because like it does also work as a radio song. It does. And <laughs> and to say that this was a hit in Europe is a massive understatement. This was number one, Germany, the UK, Austria, Switzerland, Norway, many others. This was a huge, huge yep. hit. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think that... Europe could not get enough of stuff that sounded like this in I the wondered, 80s. I was trying to figure this out. If Did that commercial ever air in the U.S.? You know, I... This didn't chart in the U.S. Right, like at all. I wonder if this is like a Europe-only commercial. I could never figure that out, if that's why. Yeah, to my knowledge, Robin has never charted in the U.S. I don't, yeah. I don't think she ever I don't had. think she has. Um, yeah, I was, I was surprised by that, too, because it seems like it would have worked in the U.S. also, and I don't really know yeah. why it wasn't. I guess it was just the, their European campaign. But yeah, this was this is this is a great song. I really do enjoy this song a lot. Um, I mean, it's like very it's, cheesy power ballad. Yeah, but it's like it's a power ballad. I have such a soft spot for power ballads, and uh, this is like the power ballad. Yep. Of that time, and uh, still her, her her most notable song. Feeling inside, something new has begun, and it's taking control of my body and mind. It began when 
an album would follow for Robin uh, called Trouble or Nothing. So this is an unusual it's thing. A good title. Like yeah, yeah, it's a good. It is a good title. It's very like if you're a, you know doing the blues rock kind of thing like she was. Mm-hmm. Trouble or Nothing uh, is it's a good it's a good title. Um, she would release the song Save Up Your Tears. Uh, would follow up. Um, this was actually written by Desmond Child, um, mm-hmm. who had also just had a hit with Living on a Prayer. Yep. Um, and he produced both uh, both versions of this song. Um, and I say both versions because it was recorded the year before by Bonnie Tyler. Yes, she originally did it. Um, this was also written by... Diane Warren. Diane Warren. Diane? Uh, <laughs> Diane. <laughs> um, this actually did outchart Bonnie Tyler's version, too. Um, yep. And I think for good reason. I think I like this better than Bonnie Tyler's version. I do too. They sound pretty similar, but I don't know. I think I like Robin's voice a little bit better. Yeah. And then the song ends up in Cher's hands where she makes a way bigger hit of it. Yes. That's Cher. But she had a hit within the in the U.S. Yes. With that song. Yes. And yes, uh, Robin and I don't think Bonnie Tyler's version charted in the U.S. I don't think so either. I don't know. So then we come to Tears in the Rain. Um, I'm kind of here for this because I'm sort of a sucker for there's any time that DX7 electric piano comes in for a ballad. I'm just like, okay, I'm listening. I mean, like. Go on. I don't know. I'm kind of tired over like the pop power ballad over the years. Like, I I think I just grew up hearing so many of them that if I never hear them again, it'd be okay. Um, Yeah, that's kind of like like what she does. Yeah, exactly. So like a lot of this, I'm just like, but I mean, let's just talk about, (laughs) let's talk about a. how cheesy, I guess I'll be crying in vain because you can't see tears in the rain. Like, Oh, I got some shit to say about her lyrics, but we're going to get there. <laughs> we're not there. We, have, we, we haven't gotten to the worst offenders. Um, yeah, this actually, she's still having hits in Germany at this point, too. This was yeah. a number 22 hit in Germany. The Germans cannot get enough of Robin Beck. Very, very Jennifer Rush-esque. Yeah, and like I was reading about how she's basically, you know, except for the U.S. because she wasn't, a, she was a zero hit wonder in the U.S. Right. But like in the U.K., she's considered like a big one hit wonder. Right. And most of Europe, same. But Germany was like, crying in vain, we love it. That's right. So she puts out a single called Don't Lose Any Sleep in 1990. Um, I'm kind of living for the like the aesthetic in this video. It's like sort of like what if Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, was a member of the Bangles? <laughs> like that's kind of what Robin has going on in this video, like with the little circular glasses. And, and, that's, and that's like 1990 for you yeah, right there. It is. It's a... Uh... What we were all aspiring to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Every one of us in Another 1990. Another power pop ballad. I, it, it does very little for me on this one. I just think it's a pretty immemorable track. Um, yeah. Especially when swallowed by the rest of her. Exactly. Career. Yes. Yes. 
So this is a a little odd piece of Robin's career. She released Hide Your Heart. Okay. So apparently she didn't know that this was a cover when she recorded it. And I don't know how she didn't know that because she literally, of the 10 songs on Robin's uh, date of of this record, Trouble or Nothing, three of them were Bonnie Tyler covers. And she apparently did not know this. Because I found an interview from her in 2011 where she's like, you know, I didn't sign up to do a record deal to do covers. She didn't, she didn't want to do covers. But to say this is a cover is an understatement. So Hide Your Heart, okay, this is written again by Desmond Child, same guy living on a prayer. Um, Holly Knight, who was notorious for these kind of late 80s, kind of power ballady, kind of pop rock mm-hmm. things. She actually did a solo record. We'll, we'll have to do a show on her. Um, like, do you know the song Headed for a Heartbreak? Or No, it's not Headed for a Heartbreak. Headed for a Heart Attack by Device. No. Or hanging hanging on a heart attack. There, I was going to get to Something the, about a heart attack. I was going to get to the title eventually. It doesn't sound healthy. Hanging on a heart attack by device. Yeah, that, <laughs> that she she was involved with that group too. So yeah. anyway, Holly Knight, just one of these people who is in the ether in the late 80s in this, in this scene. But it was also, the third writer of it was Paul Stanley from Kiss. So, <laughs> I'm not surprised. So Kiss also released a version of Hide Your Heart in 1989. So did Ace Frehley. I love that man. A solo version of it, even though Kiss was still active, and he oh, Ace Frehley did a lot of solo stuff, and it was awesome. And so did Molly Hatchet. So there were four <laughs> versions of this song in 1989, <laughs> and it was a Bonnie Tyler cover, and she had done her version the year before. So there are five versions of "Hide Your Heart." They all sound exactly alike. <laughs> I do not get it. I was like, why do people keep covering this song? Are they like, maybe it'll be a hit this time? Hey, let's just do it exactly like the last guy did. Do you know what? Because people people may not realize this, but people love a murder ballad. I love like <laughs> do you ever love like the old like murder ballads? Sure. Of, like super old like country music. Sure, I sure. Love murder ballads. The Night the Lights but not like, in Georgia. That's a murder ballad. Yes. Uh like there are they're very cool and then they kind of get outlived by like the seventies. No one cares about them anymore. But uh, this one's a good one. It's a power pop version, but I mean I don't really care for the song. That's interesting. But, I wasn't really thinking about it in that context as know, a just, murder ballad, but all right. I'm just like listening to it like murder, yay. <laughs> <laughs> she was his possession like a jewel on his crown. So Robin's uh, next record would come along uh, three years later in 1992. Um, this was a hit in Austria, charted in, on the Austrian charts. I could not find where it charted in Germany. I don't know if Germany doesn't have an album's chart. That seems like an odd thing. Um, but I don't know, just because the Germans loved her so much. Um, she releases the song Love Yourself, which was actually not the first single. We're going to go back and talk about that. But um, I actually really um, I do like this song. 
Um, I do think this stands out a bit in her catalog. I love it. Um, I think the vocals are really, really nice on it. And it kind of reminded me of like what Shania Twain would have sounded like if she were a rock artist okay, instead of a country artist. For real, artist. I was going to bring this up later. She looks like Shania Twain. She does and in she a couple of these videos. Sounds like Shania Twain and like I don't know how much they sound alike. Well, but no, I think she has a better voice than Shania Twain. The aesthetic is there. Yeah, and like kind of like when Shania Twain goes poppier, rockier. I think Mutt Lang worked with her too, with Robin Beck. Oh, on a well, song. I, I could think. T- I could see that. I remember seeing Mutt Lang on something when I was looking. Yeah, so I mean, it just kind of she reminds me of Shania Twain. I really like this song a lot, and I didn't expect to, but I really do love it. So we're going to go back now and talk about what was actually the first single off of this record. I just wanted to talk about that one first because I think it's the, the best song oh, on the record 100%. for sure. Um, she The first single was called In My Heart to Stay. Um, she's clearly going for like the Southern rock kind of thing at this point. But the aesthetic is still weird. She kind of she looks to Amy Grant still mm-hmm. for the kind of music she's doing. You, yeah. do, is that fair? Like, do you get what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't all come together for me. Um, but also, I find this song to be just un bearably forgettable like, yeah i actually had to listen to it like three times and the first time i was listening to it i like zoned out and then forgot what i was listening to in the middle of the song yeah i think that's, that's forgettable unfortunately that's kind of the case i think with both both yeah. the second record the second and third record here yeah. um i guess technically third and fourth whatever for counting sweet talk but you get what i mean like she just uh, the producer she's working with are just not writing very inspired like, songs yeah and they're just all cheesy and they're cliched and like, I don't know. It's just nothing there is pulling me. I'll be there No matter what comes and goes You're in my heart To stay Oh, baby In my heart To stay So we're going to talk about one more record of hers, Can't Get Off, from 1994. Um, and the first single, Close to You, I'm pretty sure she's wearing the exact same outfit as the, the last music video. Maybe <laughs> they had her budget cut. To stay. Maybe they had to like, cut Like, they're the two years apart, but it's just like, was she did she just put the same outfit on? Like, hey guys, let's go back to the same place and shoot another video. You know, she's very into her brand, and she wants people <laughs> she, to remember her is. for her brand. You yeah, have know another power pop love song. You could never lose me, baby. You're the only one for me. No one else can know me better. Don't you know I'll always be close to you. When you need me, I'll be close to you. And finally, if loving you is wrong, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think this might be the worst song we've ever featured on this show. <laughs> it's really bad. 
bad. I wanted to go through. I didn't have time. And I was like, I know if I try to do this, I would like will never get work done again. <laughs> My life will be just ruined. But like, I really wanted to look up who was the first person to say if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Like, who the fuck came up with that? Because everyone keeps saying it like it's new. Yep. But it's I, I really like this is like every bad lock like love rock song trope do you think somebody wrote song. this for her is it is like because they were mad at her <laughs> <laughs> a spite writing <laughs> robin beck you're gonna <laughs> take that <laughs> somebody she snubbed once or something maybe they, it was shania they, like, twain it was like some psycho who like got this whole thing where like they got a deal like they worked their ranks up in a record company so they could be robert beck's ghostwriter. <laughs> I'm going to write the worst crappy love song ever, and now you're going to sing it, stupid Robin Beck, and you're going to look dumb. That's what you get for calling me a nerd in seventh grade, Robin. <laughs> now it all makes sense. There it is. This is all a giant <laughs> revenge plot. I'm sorry, Robin. Baby, we'll leave them all behind. Because if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Then I'll be doing wrong with all of my mind. If loving you Yeah, so ending on that beautiful note, um, the the I mentioned earlier that I found an interview with Robin in 2011. It was the most recent press I found from her. Um, she hung it up in 1997 because her daughter was born. Um, she did. Re- she has released a few solo records here and there, some in the early 2000s, and then she she the 2011 interview was because she was doing like another comeback record then. But again, it was a self release thing. Um, I thought this was so funny. I have to share this quote from this interview. Uh, The interviewer asks her, music media has characterized you as a one-hit wonder. Why? Uh, And verbatim, this is her response. (laughs) And I'm assuming this this interview was probably done like via email, because that's kind of how these go. This was her exact response. Because I only had one number one song, and that's how it goes, LOL. That's totally (laughs) what I was going to say. Robin, exactly. Well, let's look at the definition of a one-hit wonder. (laughs) I had one hit. Yep, that's why. And now you're wondering why. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe the interviewer was German. That didn't even occur to me because they uh, that I understand uh, why a German person would be confused. Okay, that would make sense. Like you know how like sometimes people you know somebody who technically had like five right hits well, right well what, British hop, people hop like if you bring up people who like love eighties music British people who love eighties music they're confounded that we call Scritti Politi a one hit wonder because <laughs> he had a handful of them over there what but a here surprise. He, here he only hit with Perfect Way which did which tanked over there which was did not do well over there so <laughs> you're weird <laughs> yeah it happens all the time <laughs> yeah. um. She Robin mentions with the the follow up two records to Trouble or Nothing, the next two, um, having to, quote, straddle the fence between rock and pop. And I think that's a pretty good way to put it. So it was it was pretty clearly like a record label pushing her in a direction that she didn't really want to go. Mm-hmm. And to her credit, um, she did. She released an album last year called Love is Coming. And I listened to it. It is a much heavier rock record. Really? Much, much, much heavier rock Her sound. Her husband's in some heavy rock band. Right. I so saw. They look really bad. I didn't listen to anything, but they it look sounds, awful. It sounds more like like probably the kind of music she's always uh. been wanting to do. 
So she I'm, should go back to the disco. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she's probably happy now doing what she's doing and and for the audience that she wants to be doing it for. And so I'm happy for her. And yeah. we'll say that. <laughs> yeah. And we'll put up a video of like yes, a live performance she did oh, yes. like a few years ago at something called the what fire festival but it's not oh, yeah. that fire yeah festival. not that fire festival <laughs> yeah, no, that, not the one where everybody one. was eating bread and she 100 percent looks exactly like Shania twain and it cracked me up <laughs> <laughs> like i was just like okay cool and she kind of acted like her too she like Shania twain does this like cheesy dancing that only works for her it looks stupid when everyone else does it but like yeah i don't know it was just i hope robin beck never actually listens to this I know. no but it's no i mean i would love to be compared to shania twain oh my god if someone was like you look like shania twain i'd be like cool i definitely have millions of dollars <laughs> you know that would be, yeah, right, okay. and i definitely am gonna look the same age for 25 that's years that's true because shania really yeah, has like that would be awesome that is accurate hey, that is a compliment robin that's right <laughs> Uh, you can reach us on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com. And we are on Twitter um, at Offbeat Tracks. Yes, and we'll be back next week. So until then, see ya. Bye. Bye.